Greetings. Welcome to the How We Do Digital Ministry podcast. I'm Christopher Harris, founder of Faith Growth. You can find us online at faithgrowth.com, where we help our church clients build their digital presence and engage with their communities online. On this podcast, I have a conversation with a church leader and ask them how they do digital ministry in their community. Today, I am talking with Reverend Kyle Oliver. Um, Kyle, please introduce yourself and tell us how you do digital ministry. Sure. Yeah. My name is Kyle Oliver, and I am a principal and chief product officer at a ministry consulting organization called Learning Forte. Uh, Previously, I've worked at Church Divinity School of the Pacific and Virginia Theological Seminary. Uh, I'm also a doctoral student at Teachers College, which is the School of Education at Columbia University. So I'd say how I do ministry is, um, you know, very much uh, as a conversation between um, uh, sort of day-to-day ministry practice in uh, seminaries and congregations uh, with a uh, with a um, uh, an education scholar's view to um, how research can inform uh, and and enrich that work. Wonderful. Well, thank you. I am uh, glad to have you on the podcast today. Uh, you're one of the, um, you know, kind of old school people I think about when it comes to digital ministry with some of the work you were doing at Virginia Theological Seminary and where we first ran across each other. Um, and so I'm excited to, you know, talk today a little bit about faith formation and um, and what that may look like uh, online with our churches but I'm going to start first with the, one of my favorite questions just to ask about um, if you would like to share a time uh, that you've encountered God online or, or share with us how you might have seen God at work online. Sure. Well, you know, I um, am a, a very anxious person and uh, have been since, since childhood. And uh, a way that I have often found some grounding in the midst of that uh, has been uh, spoken word audio. Uh, as a kid, that mostly meant uh, baseball, um, baseball on the radio, uh, Milwaukee Brewers uh, as an older kid. And uh, when I was quite young, I lived in the town where the Pittsburgh Pirates spring train in Florida. So I uh, always had the Pirates games on when I was very young and establishing these maybe good, maybe not habits. Uh, there was no baseball, believe it or not, it was talk radio, but um <laughs> You know, it's that zone of um, that zone of uh, I need something to capture enough of my attention to take me off of the hamster wheel, but uh, not so much of my attention to keep me from going to sleep or, um, you know, what have you. Um, And uh, it's been really cool online in the past, you know, five years or so to see how um, there are um, some really spiritually thoughtful um, technology companies and uh, media creators uh, who are basically thinking about like how to solve that same problem and how to uh, spiritually accompany um, with explicitly religious or more generally spiritual um, content uh, people like me who respond in that way. So, uh, you know, today it might be, uh, it might be the call map, uh, and their, uh, adult, uh, adult bedtime stories, basically. Um, (laughs) I have, uh, definitely experienced the accompaniment of Christ 
through many a uh, dark and difficult night, especially uh, parenting a uh, uh, parenting a very very young child and learning how to manage uh, all that uh, during COVID and all the rest. Um, uh, I, I have I have experienced the grace of God in being able to uh, hear about you know a walk through the south of France or what have you, and uh, and let go of whatever my mind was racing about and uh, drift off to dreamland. Um, uh, another um, another app that I love that is in that uh, wellness and meditation and spirituality space doing some really thoughtful work uh, is an app called Ritual, um, built on some really interesting uh, research by some folks at Notre Dame um, and uh, some wonderful uh, spiritual practices um, uh, and other wellness practices built into that app. So um, yeah, I definitely find God in... Um, the uh, the presence of of some smart folks who want to help me um, let go of of whatever I'm carrying, especially in the middle of the night, but um, but sometimes throughout the day. That's cool. I you know that's um, I downloaded the Ritual app a long time ago, but I've never used it, and I'm just realizing that uh, I need to go check it out. <laughs> they're doing they're doing really nice work. Um, uh, I. Um, I haven't been in the habit as much since we've moved because I'm doing a little less walking. Um, I need to fix that. But um, the uh, um, Kathleen Kahalen, who is, I think, a Benedictine uh, sister and does, they have these like sort of core practices on the app. And one of the practices is a daily Lectio Divina from the um, Lectio, I guess I say that wrong. Um, uh, from the, you know, the readings, you know, it's, it's a Catholic Eucharistic lectionary, but I, I often recognize the readings from an Episcopal service, uh, you know, on the same day and, um, uh, really, really nice, perfect size, 10 minute, uh, guided practice from a, from a really thoughtful, uh, and, and generous interpreter of scripture. So it's cool. It's cool. I'll have to check that out because I like Lectio or Lexia. I don't even know. My Latin teacher it. told me that the C's were all hard in Latin, so I always say Lectio. Um, yeah, but, me too. But I, everybody else seems I've to been say corrected Lex many yeah, times. I know, everybody, so. It's like everybody else seems to say Lexio, and I'm like, okay, yeah. whatever. Um, I'm not an ascetical theologian. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I'll trust y'all, but uh, I do remember what my Latin teacher said. But um, <laughs> no, I do like that because one of I think, I mean, I like kind of starting here, you know, where you've really seen God or these apps like Calm and Ritual and just other people bringing that because that's kind of more what I want to talk about. Lately, we've been talking a lot about online worship, which is really mm. where the church has been through the pandemic, sure. very important. But I am starting to hear some chatter online, just as, especially as we come into this fall, um, you know, what does maybe hybrid formation look like? how or you know should we have online offerings with our in-person offerings around formation and you know things like that and so i i guess what i'd post to you is you know what are you hearing out there what are you seeing as far as uh ways that the church uh, you know local the local church can be involved in formation online yeah so um you know i would say that um my my perspective on this, I, I mentioned having been involved in some, you know, in some research that has has grounded this. Uh, you mentioned 
uh, the work I had done at Virginia Seminary and um, the eFormation learning community there helped to launch a project that I continue to be quite involved in um, through my work at Learning Forte, and that's the uh, Digital Literacies for Ministry project. And um, back in 2015, 2016, I think it was, um, I traveled all over the country and interviewed um, uh, sort of thought leading seminary faculty who were sort of on the on the edge of um, uh, the, the sort of early adopter sort of edge of um, some of these questions about, about digital ministry, um, many of them colleagues in faith formation. Um, and uh, we basically asked, you know, as you form leaders in the church, what do you think people need to be, um, you know, to be wise to and, and formed in, um, in terms of, you know, skills and, and knowledge and practices. And um, we identified these uh, seven, um, what we call digital literacies for ministry. Uh, you can read more at digitalliteracytoolkit.org. And um, I don't want to talk through all seven of them because seven is a lot of things to talk through uh, in an efficient way. Um, so let me just let me just um, use a couple of them to talk about how I have been trying to think about hybrid and, and online faith formation for, again, since uh, since something like 2020. 2013, 2014, when we started to get involved in this at, at BTS, and uh, obviously more language comes on board as we go. Um, so um, one of those literacies that we identified with the help of all these experts was um, that, you know, we think everybody needs to know how to convene digital and hybrid community, right? Mm -hmm. Faith leaders have always been community conveners. And um, some of the skills of doing that in person translate quite directly to, um, you know, doing that online. Um, you know, to make it really concrete, I always say, you know, a good facilitator is always on the lookout, you know, for the person who hasn't said anything yet, right? And like, how do we make sure that everyone gets a chance to get in, right? It's not much of a stretch to think about how that skill, you know, translates to various kinds of online convening, right? Uh, you know, we're, we're on Zoom. If there were a bunch of us here, we'd see a participant list and, you know, you can sort of track with, okay, who have we heard, heard from? Who have we not heard from? Um, so, um, so convening, I think, is, is a, a digital and hybrid skill um, that, you know, is obviously always going to be important to faith formation ministries and other kinds of ministries. And um, when I think of, when I think of um, online convening now in this, uh, I, I don't want to say post-COVID, continuing COVID, <laughs> new normal, um, uh, whatever, whatever we're saying. Um, yeah. This time where we expect that this, this uh, is, is a big part of our new reality. Um, I want to say that the, the convening of faith formation really needs to be sort of rallied around, around passion and energy, right? Um, I'm getting ready to interview Heidi Campbell, uh, a, a communication scholar at Texas A&M, uh, very engaged in this world um, at an event as we, uh, happening tomorrow as we record this. And Heidi's done a lot of research about um, how leaders are doing right now. And you won't be shocked to hear that part of how they're doing is they're exhausted, right? Um, and uh, and I think that extends to the people we serve, right? It's an exhausting time. 
And so um, this isn't a digital thing per se, but as we think about what kind of faith formation do we want to convene, um, let's make sure it's around things that people have genuine passion and energy for, right? Like the time of just slapping an event together to fill the time in a program year calendar. Mm-hmm. We got to let that go. Yes. Um, <laughs> So how are we taking the pulse of the people we serve and helping to identify like, what are people genuinely excited about, passionate about, fed by right now? Like how is the invitation to uh, convene in whatever synchronous or asynchronous way we're gonna put out there? How, how can that be received with excitement and energy rather than, you know, sort of resignation? Um, and so that's about like, you know, that's about being in touch with your people online or offline. Um, uh, that's about, that's about following the spirit and, uh, it's about flexibility and, and, and about a kind of creativity around putting, um, the, the sort of curriculum of the church in conversation with the everyday lives and passions of the people we serve. Right. So, I would argue that whatever answer you get to the, 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 the ways you're asking the question of like, what would you be excited to come to right now? What would you be excited to participate in? Um, I would argue that whatever answer you get, like the, the great inheritance of the legacy of the faith of the saints has something to say to that. <laughs> um, and, and our task is to be translators of these uh, time-honored traditions um, mediated through technology, probably mediated through our modern, um, you know, spiritual digital habitus, as Elizabeth Drescher uh, says in her book, Tweet If I Love Jesus, Tweet If You Heart Jesus. Um, but it's it's translation. Um, mm-hmm. So how how do we take what Saint Anthony suggested we do or whatever, um, uh, and instead of doing it in the, geez, I'm showing my ignorance here, in the desert, right? Instead of doing it in the desert, <laughs> let's do it, uh, you know, on on Zoom or uh, or asynchronously on Slack or something, I don't know, um, and, uh, and, and like put the theological questions in conversation with, with, with the, the, the everyday, because like the everyday is where people live their lives and where they experience both joy and exhaustion. No, I, I like that because one of the things I was saying early in the summer as people were considering, you know, what was the fall going to look, you know, even before the Delta variant. But, you know, I just was encouraging churches, don't just rush back to every program, everything you've ever done is a good time to prune. And, you know, and that was before I even realized how fatigued things were going to be before we had the Delta variant. And I think we have a really interesting time right now to kind of reboot and and when does the faith make the most sense it's really where it's meeting people right where they're at and i think you're 100 right we have as a church in our story from scripture uh in our history of the saints that have come before us we have something that will speak into where our people are at we just need to match that up instead of worrying about i need to start a new program or or we need to renew restart that program or whatnot I love that advice. That's, you know, and and I think it'll be more easier for for our church leaders to put together and for our people Mm -hmm. to participate if it really is meeting uh, that. Good advice, Kyle. (laughs) Um, You want another one? Sure. Yes, please. So, you know, a a second 
like unto it sort of skill that came out of our research project is this idea of um, navigating hybrid and digital cultures, right? Um, so this is partly about like actually using the tools and then it's partly about like learning the sort of cultural scripts and signals when you get there, right? So right. like a bunch of us have, for example, learned, okay, when you're facilitating a group conversation on, on Zoom, like the, the um, you know, navigating that in an effective way, um, the silences, the muting, I mean, the, you know, the, <laughs> the you're on mute, you're, you're, you're yeah. not muted, please mute, you know, I mean, that, that's a sort of parody <laughs> of it at this point. But, um, but, you know, I, I think a lot of people, for example, are finding that like mutual invitation is, um, you know, a, a, a rhythm of sharing in a circle like uh you know a zoom call for example that um that like really works um but there are you know there are lots of these cultural signals and and understandings uh that that we sort of pick up through through our experience and um you know i'm a bit of a process nerd um uh, to um quote Glenn Weldon from pop culture happy hour who is also one um uh, i love that term I, I, and so the process nerd in me um, wants us to um, not stop um, establishing the like cultural scripts and habits that will like help us navigate these tools effectively, right? I spent um, uh, the, the three years uh, that I lived in San Francisco, I worshiped at a church called St. Gregory of Nyssa which has this like improvisational um, feel to the liturgy in a lot of ways, but like part of what makes the improvisational parts possible is the very structured script yeah, scripted parts in between. <laughs> um, and so I, I think um, we, we like cannot possibly over communicate about how to participate, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and 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 we can't over solicit feedback in how to adjust our practices and our promotional habits and our sign up rules and our you know all all the stuff that like makes this possible. All the tool use that is probably going to be part of how we get from here to there and participating in something like all of that. Like I, I think investment in making sure that everyone feels confident and and uh and that they have access and that um and that they they understand the tools and the culture enough that the tools and the culture can get out of the way um i think that's i think that's really important that's not sexy that's not um something that like you're gonna like read in a theology book mostly mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's not what most of us signed up for, um, but, but I, I feel like some attention to the process and some attention to our cultures of engagement and, and each other, like all that, I think really, really important right now, especially as things continue to change. I agree. I think it's really important. And I know some people do find it frustrating because it's like, you know, outside of the technology, we kind of just knew it because we were socialized that way. We grew up. Yes. You know, kind of, you know, assuming you're still serving in the culture you grew up in. Um, but, you know, here, yeah, if you're not online uh, native or not someone that's 
<laughs> been online since 1996, like myself, <laughs> you know, it's just, it doesn't come natural. And it reminds me of kind of when, when we all were first getting on Twitter and you would try to explain that to somebody else. And always, I just said, you just got to hop in and go with the flow and figure it out. Cause there was real, no easy way to figure it out until you were doing it. And to a certain extent, I think we need to learn that, but you're not going to learn that right now in a book. Maybe someday all of a sudden it'll be in a book. You're going to have to get involved and start trying to do ministry online um, to start yeah. learning these normative ways um, and establishing that community and establishing those norms. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Would, yeah, you agree, it, would you agree with that? Or Oh, definitely. Yeah. And it's iterative, right? Like yeah. you hop in, you have an experience, you pay attention to what happened, you evaluate, um, uh, not to keep harping on these literacies, but another that we talk about is like to do digital ministry, like you, you have to cultivate a posture of experimentation, right? Like I love that posture. Of experimentation. It's, it's not going to be perfect the first time and it doesn't need to be perfect the first time, especially if you've messaged that it's not going to be perfect the first time and people should bring their flexibility and their patience and whatever. Um, but actually what matters is the second and the third and the fourth time. And each time you make a little change, you figure something out from last time, you rewrite the script, you, you know, edit that uh, invitation email, et cetera. And gradually, um, we build the new cultures and patterns uh, together in a way that are serving our people as, as best we can. Exactly. And that's, I mean, so that's the excitement right now is we're building it, but then where it's a little bit harder, I mean, we're getting to co-create that together as community with God, but also it's a little scary. Well, it's just not quite as easy because we, you know, the way we had been doing Sunday morning, if you will, just to think there, you know, it hadn't changed much. And I mean, maybe the music's changed for some people, but the rest of it hasn't changed much in several hundred mm -hmm. years. And even the duties from Usher to, you know, Alter Guild to whatever it may be, it's clearly defined. Um, even if it's not written down, it's pretty clearly defined. Yeah, uh, yeah. And now there is no definition. So yeah, it's, I, I like that the posture of experimentation, very important. Yeah. Um, well, so I, I know we don't have time to go through all seven of these, but I yeah. think it would be awesome. Uh, so we'll, I'll say, hey, everybody go check out. We'll link, uh, uh, we'll be sure to link to the, to the study and, <clears throat> In, in the show notes below. Um, so kind of thinking about these things, uh, what, you know, I would, I mean, I guess kind of in your mind, you know, we're talking about this experimentation, what maybe has there been kind of a digital failure that you might've had and what have you learned mm -hmm. from it? There's a long list of failures. I mean, <laughs> to pick one that. Uh, um, well, well, I just be... want everybody to know that. Kyle uh, has been doing this for a very long time, has a long list of failures. <laughs> and um, so just know that go out there and don't be afraid to try to your listener. Uh, yeah. I mean, in some ways, like maybe there's like a, maybe there, so there's one that's, that's on the top of my mind. I don't know how interesting it is, but it, it, it represents a whole class of typical failures. Um, uh, and it just it, it just came up the other day in a conversation I was in. So um, in my last year at VTS, um, we were thinking about some you know a lot of these same kinds of questions. How do you teach skills? How do you show that someone has learned a skill? How you know all that sort of thing? And um, um, I, a you know Boy Scout, Eagle Scout, etc., <laughs> um, 
got really interested in this idea of digital badging. Um, uh, our maybe mutual colleague, do you know Lisa Brown? Yes, I do know Lisa. Yeah. Um, well, and I remember some of the stuff y'all published on starting yeah, the badges. Yeah, so. Lisa's a Girl Scout leader. So we we resonated with this. We went to this conference where we were plugged in with all these other like digital experiential learning experts in secular settings. And and we were like, yeah, oh man, uh, digital badging. This is, a, this is amazing. This is a great way to like invite people's engagement, to like recognize their skills, to help them learn new things, et cetera, et cetera. Gamification, um, which is a big word. Yeah, the, the digital yeah space, all that yeah. stuff. I was like, yeah. yeah, we're ready for this. And um, we spent a lot of time uh, trying to get the, trying to get the sort of structure right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, process nerd. Um, we were really inspired by all these people from the secular, you know, we we're like, oh, this is evangelism. Like if we, if we adopt the uh, badging credential systems that all these other organizations are using, like we can have the, all these like faith skills and digital skills, like in conversation with each other in these big marketplaces and, you know, um, uh, meet new folks and cross fertilize and, you know, all this stuff. And like the vision just got way out ahead of where people were. <laughs> Um, and people were pumped to engage with some of our training. People were even pumped to say like, Hey, I got this badge, but I got to tell you, like they were not going to adopt their Mozilla digital backpack and, uh, you know, uh, show off their sash of badges, partly from me formation and partly from all these other, like, we just, you know, like the, the tech was clunky, nobody cared. And like, two people got excited and, and like started something that was a good idea. Um, but, uh, but we, we got out ahead of our people. Um, and a year or so later, we were invited to a conference to sort of reflect on our experience. And we got connected with um, a woman who ran a similar kind of program at a synagogue in Pittsburgh. And um, the thing that she did way right, that we did way wrong, was she just went hyper local. She didn't try to get these badges to matter to anybody else. There was no tech. There was no, like the badge was just, you did this activity and you got the badge in the context of the formation program at this synagogue. Um, And uh, it was like all of what is cool about badges and learning and, um, and, and the way that like, one skill fits into a, a sash or a collage or a constellation of other skills. It was all of that with like none of the baggage. And so it connected with her people a lot more and meaningfully structured their education materials in this in the synagogue in a way that they really didn't for our uh, e-formation audience. So um, th- I like making stuff, right? And I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I want to spend a long time getting it ready, getting it perfected. And so to go back to that experimentation thing, that's not an experiment, you know, right? Like yeah. that's a, um, that's a overdetermined hypothesis from me. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I needed to back way up and start small, start with a pilot, get a few people together, get some feedback, um, getting a little thing in front of people and getting feedback on it um, is, is, I think, has got to be the engine of all of this innovation. And I've learned that lesson a few too many times. Well, I think that's that's very that is wise. There's some good wisdom there because I I think there is the potential that the internet 
could connect us with, well, does connect us with the world. And we could, you know, have tens of thousands of followers as a church leader or whatnot. Um, but I think when we start thinking, how do I scale at that level? We're doing it wrong. I think you're right. When we just like, like what's going to make the biggest impact here and let that grow over time. And what I see more than anything is consistency works is the, probably the best thing, you know, starting small and getting consistent and then organic growth on than that is going to work better, but coming in with something big, that's probably too big to even maintain in the beginning, unless you have tons of resources, um, yep. you know, but starting small and then getting consistent, you will see small, small growth. And then usually not all, not always, but a lot of times you'll even start after a year or two might even see some exponential growth online as you know, the network effects start to, t- you know, as you start to get network effects. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what that is, yeah. I'll put a link to an article about network effects. <laughs> we don't need to go there right now. But, you know, yeah. that's where you can kind of get exponential growth. Um, and so I think you're wise. Keep, you know, sometimes I say niche down, niche down, niche down, you know, really just focus on your niche first. And then you can see where that'll go or your congregation, I guess, mm-hmm. in this case. Uh, yeah. Um, and that's And that's part of the, like, part of the difficult but real blessing of this time is that um, we can be thinking about some niches in our communities um, in in some like nimble and specific ways uh, you know the there's a hundred people out there in the pews um, is not like the primary mediating experience of what it is to be a faith leader right now and I think we're being invited to that kind of uh, a, a sort of nichier, ministry and uh and that can be that can be really powerful yeah i mean well well it comes back to i mean because we're all kind of on different journeys and different places in life and different anything from different illnesses to different celebrations you know being able to niche down allows us to really connect the gospel immediately to where people are at this point where they're sitting today not necessarily you know trying to normative it to those hundred people sitting in the pew you can gather those people that are right now dealing with xyz you know illness or xyz hey we all just had a baby so how do we how do we tend to the faith formation for our brand new child you know um we can you know there's immediacy and we can make those connections um so Okay, I, I just looked at the time. I can't. Well, we're. <laughs> I, I was about to go off on another tangent, and so we're just going to say. I no. wondered. I was like, oh, uh, yeah. Okay, so here's the deal. Uh, I'll, dear listeners, uh, we'll have to have Kyle back because I think he and I could keep going for another uh, another half hour. But we have reached uh, all of our time for today, and so I'm gonna. Uh, I want to ask Kyle our last question and just say, is there any uh, piece of advice uh, or anything we didn't cover that you'd like to share with our listeners? Give you the last word. Um, the most important literacy on our list is to have a digital practice that is spiritually wise, right? And the tech companies aren't designing stuff for us in ways that are spiritually wise. And so as a spiritual director once said to me, like, we got to run the tech and not the other way around. So exactly. we didn't cover it much today, but like, let's make sure we are um, setting all this work up in ways that that feed us as much as we can, that, that deplete us as little as possible and that allow for the rest and rejuvenation and creativity and nourishment that we all need. Yeah, I will say, well, and along that, if they, I'll say, if you haven't listened uh, last week's episode with uh, 
Reverend Daniel, we talked a little bit about setting those boundaries uh, that are important, um, and specifically in his context with Twitter. But uh, so go check out that. And then <laughs> yeah, have a little bit of uh, context uh, or a little bit more discussion about that if if they haven't listened to last week's episode. But I, I totally agree. It's there. There's a lot of good with these tools, but they're not designing them necessarily to bring out the good. And we need to know that, and we need to set our our Sabbath practice and our, yeah, totally. Well, I want to thank you, Kyle, for being here and being a guest on how we do digital ministry. I want to invite all of our listeners uh, that, hey, if you're listening to this on our website, go download a podcast app and uh, subscribe to us in your favorite podcast app. If you're listening in your podcast app, I hope you've already subscribed to us. Um, And if you're watching on the YouTube channel, be sure to subscribe and follow the YouTube channel. Uh, Kyle, how can our listeners find and follow you online? Sure. Well, uh, for better or worse, Twitter is my personal uh, hidey hole more often than not. I'm at KM as in Matthew Oliver, KM Oliver. And uh, you can check out uh, learningforte.com and digitalliteracytoolkit.org uh, for some of, the, uh, some of the materials I was talking about. And we'll be sure to put links to all of those in the show notes. So if you want to go click and follow uh, Kyle on Twitter and learn more about his ministry at Learning Forte and how Learning Forte may be able to help your congregation, uh, they have ways that they can work with you. Uh, So thanks again for listening today. Uh, We'd love to connect with you in another way. I ask you to join our private Facebook group, cleverly titled How We Do Digital Ministry. The link is in the show notes. It is a place where you can gather with other church leaders just trying to figure this out, ask questions, learn from one another, continue the discussion for the next uh, Tuesday through uh, <clears throat> Tuesday through uh, Monday until the next episode of our podcast release on Tuesday. Until next week, peace and blessings to you all. <laughs>